0: This is Lightning Power Lunch with Dave Mishkin and Greg Linelli on Lightning Radio. A terrible start, by us. First period was brutal. Second, try to get something going. And third, you know, we need that in the first. We need that grip. We need that energy. And yeah, that's that's a game that uh, that's on us. You know, we, we we didn't have a good game, and we got to learn from that and, and limit those games. It's the same team we've played in the exact same style and the exact same everything with less players. And you know, I like. It's the NHL. I get it. There's 82 games. You're not going to have your best every single night. But you know, we started trying to manufacture things out of nothing, and then you know, we were just giving them opportunities. And we weren't, you know, everything we've talked about doing. I'm, I'm not sure we did it all tonight. So that was uh, that was a complete game. I'll tell you that. Complete bag of you know what. That's what that one was.
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't. A complete bag of, you know, what do you think he was trying to say? Can we say it on the air?
0: I'm not going to say it. No, I'm joking. Of course we will.
1: Steve? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? I think some things are left to the imagination, my friend. Well,
1: that's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, I, I-, I will just say this, and we're going to do a deep dive. Of course, we've got a game tonight, too, so let's keep that all in mind. As, uh, I mean, Dave and I are playing, but we'll be... Talking about it, of course, the Lightning taking on the Red Wings. They're coming off, uh, the Lightning are a a loss to the Maple Leafs last night, 4-1. I thought it was an interesting game on a lot of levels. But let's take the the big picture view first, and then we can kind of get into the the nitty-gritty at Bolts Radio. It is Power Lunch, Dave Michigan, Greg at least Steve Ersnick with you. I came away from that game thinking, you know what, That that was a good game by Toronto. Yeah. I mean, the Lightning didn't do, you know, it wasn't, let's put it this way. It wasn't the Lightning's worst game in the world. It didn't play great. But partner, you know, we discussed this a lot and, and the Lightning, and I think every team who loses will say this after the game. It, it was more about us than them. <laughs> right. I don't think that was the case <laughs> last night. I thought Toronto was really good. And you know what? Sometimes really good teams, they have games like that.
0: They it do. can be it can be both, Greg. I mean it usually is both. That's why we say no game is played in a vacuum. The Lightning could have played better and had they played better, I think the Leafs wouldn't have looked as good as they looked. Yeah. But the Leafs looked as good as they looked because they played at an extremely high level and they deserve credit for that. I I would take Look, I'm really I'm really hesitant to kind of take exception with what Anything John say? Cooper says post-game because he's down in the trenches and, and he has his finger on the pulse of of what's going on better than better than we do when we're sitting up in the press sure. box. But when he said this is the same team that we've seen minus some players because they have some injuries, right, like Morgan Riley's out, Muzzin's out, et cetera, this is the same team, I'm not sure that's true. I think the Leafs are not the same team, and this is kind of what we've been <laughs> – getting at that, all right, the game at Amelie a couple of weeks ago, they were basically the same team. The Lightning scored four goals, three in regulation, two were on the power play. And they did better in that game than they did last night. But this Leafs team is showing that they are not the same team that they have put out on the ice the last few years. And I think it's not been so much roster change. I and mean, there's been some along the edges, I guess you would say. And with the injuries on D, they've had to lean on some some different defensemen like Connor Timmins, they just acquired. He's playing in their top six right now. Sandine and Lilia Grin. Sandine was hurt for for much of last year and he got hurt again last night. But you know, they're playing more regularly now because they've had some injuries on D. Having said all of that. This is about a commitment to defending, which I think the Leafs now believe like the message has gotten through from their head coach that if we actually want to advance in the playoffs, we're going to have to play this way. Right. And that's what they're doing. So it doesn't guarantee success. I mean, there have been some really good defensive teams that have not gone on to win the Stanley Cup but i think that the leafs feel that much as the lightning felt a few years ago they have enough talent offensively that if they really dig in defensively they're going to put themselves in a really good spot and that was a clinic they put on last night i was reading and again you know eric eric erlinson in his in his post game articles i think he takes a lot of these numbers from some some website whether it's what is it, natural stat trick? They they track scoring chances, and I don't have Eric's article up in front of me, but at, at the end of his article, he has in there, like, the cumulative scoring chances and then yeah. the cumulative high-danger scoring chances. I think he had the Lightning with, like, it was definitely double-digit scoring chances, and the high-danger chances was not, like, two. If the Lightning had more than five scoring chances, high-danger or not, last night, I would be shocked. right. I don't think they had more than five scoring chances the whole game. One of them was the goal. You want to say Nomenstikov's first shot was a chance that, that Murray stopped, then he put in the rebound? I'll give you two there. Maroon put a backhander over the crossbar when it was 2-1. yeah. I guess you could say that was a chance, even though it missed the net. Point had a chance at the beginning of the game that Murray stopped. I'm hard-pressed to think of any other legitimate scoring chances the Lightning had in the game and that is a credit to the Maple Leafs. How they checked, how they took away time and space. Their commitment to defending was higher than the Lightning's. Here's where here's where I will parse it down the middle. The Maple Leafs' commitment to defending was higher than the Lightning's commitment to try and get pucks to the net and get to the net. So you want to say that's on the Lightning. That's the way John Cooper's looking at it and Nick Paul we played at the beginning of the show. I'm on board with that. The Lightning could have done more, but they were facing a team. It was going to be tough for the Lightning no matter what. <laughs> Even if they brought an A-plus game, it was going to be tough for them the way the Leafs were defending last night to generate lots of scoring chances. Now, the other part of this that Coop talked about was forcing things, feeding their attack. I don't think the Leafs generated, like, 25 scoring chances, but they had enough and a lot of those were fed by the Lightning's mismanaging of the puck. Case in point, the first goal. Sergachev just lightly plays it up the boards, Nylander steals it and bunting gets a chance in the slot. So, there was some of that last night. And maybe had the Lightning defended better themselves and managed the puck a little better themselves, maybe it's 1-1. You know? Instead of Nothing becoming two one. I think Greg had to attend to some kids. Okay. <laughs> well, you can jump in, Steve. Put on I'm your Greg hat. I'm okay. here. Okay. I'm here. Maybe I'm here. I just mesmerized you with my. <laughs> 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 <I> did, <laughs> I'm not I sure did, what uh, happened there. That was I, like quite a dramatic pause. It was like the Jim Rome pause, as Steve knows, yeah. like The radio days there. Well, we you are live today, so <laughs> I do have two There's kids no running around. Out. There's no editing <laughs> out <that. laughs> dramatic pause. But what I'm saying is that the Lightning do own some culpability there. I think they could have competed competed to get to the net more, getting close to the, the way the Leafs defended, like their commitment to defending. But also the Lightning did feed Toronto's attack with some, some poor puck play at points. And they didn't have a horrendous game defensively, but they definitely fueled Toronto's attack with some, with some problems with the puck. Well, they did. As I can hear, your kids are very upset about the result you, last night.
1: Can you tell? Can you tell? They were <laughs> very
0: upset. Um.
1: <laughs> it was one of those situations where when you when you said with the Nemestikov goal, the other weird part about this game last night was the fact that the Lightning, however you want to quantify the way they played, they were only down by one at a significant yeah. port, a part of this game. I mean— I kept saying during the intermissions, boy, especially after that first period, the Leafs only had one. And then, you know, look, okay, they had a two-goal lead at at one point. And you're thinking to yourself, at least I was, and I said this to Chief a number of times, I think it's a situation where the Lightning can just put a decent period together. They're going to be able to come out of this with points. They never did. I actually thought the Lightning were going to come away with points in that game last night.
0: Well, their third period was better. You might say it may not have been a decent period, but it was way better than the first or the second, and they got a goal. Well, I guess there are two ways you can look at it. This was not a game like that one that you referenced the other day, 2018, when Vasilevsky came back from injury and beat Toronto at Amelie Arena and, and was literally standing on his head. This was not a game like that. So the Lightning gave up chances, but it's not like they were overwhelmed in the first two periods in terms of like chance after chance after chance against. Vasilevsky played well though, the two shots that beat him were almost perfect shots into the top of the net. But on the other hand, I think this also speaks to the Toronto mentality, which is if we have two, that should be enough to win. And they kind of played that way. So even though the Lightning had a better third period, it was still a period in which they didn't have a ton of terrific looks, even though they had more puck possession. It's true. And I, I think those are valid points. And
1: the thing about it, too, is what's unfortunate about last night, and everything you said was accurate, the lighting really didn't test the Leafs' goaltending.
0: No. Well, and that we was talked to, of how the Leafs defended. And that's in right. Front of but
1: but that's, that's what we talked about with this Leafs team with Nick Alberga yesterday is that if they have this renewed commitment to defense, maybe for a team as talented as them, and partner, maybe we saw this a little bit with Colorado last year in the playoffs. I mean, they got good goaltending. I don't know if it was great. And maybe the Avs played a different way in terms of how they were able to defend. Maybe it was more go, go, go. Have the puck, have the puck, have the puck, and not worry about defending as much. What I'm saying is, maybe the teams who are extremely talented up front and maybe have some suspect goaltending maybe this is a way for them to look at it and say if we're going to win in the playoffs when it matters we all have to be committed to defense we have enough offense to win games 2 to 1 3 to 2 but we all have to be committed to defense and maybe maybe the toronto's partner maybe the colorados are going to be the exceptions to the rule when it comes to maybe not having an elite goaltender but still able to win a lot of games in the playoffs. Obviously, the Maple Leafs haven't done that, but with this defense and how committed they are, I mean, you like their chances of winning at least a round, as you always say. I mean, that that could happen. But I I give them credit for the buy-in because I think it's the only way they're going to be able to advance in the playoffs because I'm not sure their goaltending will be able to steal them games.
0: Well, and you can play really, really well defensively at a high level, but can you do it, let's say, they're going to go on and, and play for the Stanley Cup. Can you do it for two months? That's fair. You know, that, that's kind of the question, but the fact that they're exhibiting it during this regular season, after they had kind of a meh October, like they were giving up chances in October... They are doing a much better job defensively since then. Well, and They and were like, also, I, I think they were also up for this game. I think they were up for this game more than the Lightning were. Let's not forget, they lost two in a row in regulation. They were on what, like a 12-0-3 stretch. And then they lost two in a row in regulation. We know how the Lightning feel after they lose one game. Two in a row in regulation, you're like, all right, we need to get back on the winning side of things. I think Toronto was extremely motivated to, to win that game last night.
1: I, I would agree. I mean, I think there was a little bit of a combination of we're playing the Lightning, let's get up for it. We haven't played particularly well to our standards the last couple of games. I think that's all fair. And I think, in, in many ways, it's, it's it's a big positive for the Maple Leafs to get their act together and have that type of defensive performance against a really good team who was coming in playing well. I, I don't know if that'll be good enough for the Maple Leafs once the playoffs start. My sense tells me it will. I, I don't know if they'll be able to run the table. I, I don't. But if you defend like that, and as long as the star players are healthy, there is a chance they can overcome mediocre goaltending. Because we re- it really, Dave, wasn't a factor. It wasn't a factor for them last night. And that's unusual when you're talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning because at some point the Lightning are going to have a push in a game, whether it's on a power play, whether it's just some momentum they've created throughout the game last night. They didn't really have that. I mean their power play, I mean, how many opportunities did they have last night? Two? One. I mean one one power play yeah. opportunity. It wasn't that's that's a part of the Lightnings arsenal there that they they didn't have at their disposal that could have gotten them an opportunity to get back into that game and put some pressure back on Toronto. So I was I was very impressed with Toronto. I don't want to overreact because again, it is the regular season, but it looks like I think this is a bit of a trend for Toronto. And if it's a trend that is is happening it's a positive one for them
0: well look I think we are in agreement Toronto is going to make the playoffs I mean they put themselves in a very advantageous spot and the Lightning only play the Leafs once more because this is one of the teams then the division the Lightning only play three times they're they're actually done in Toronto the last game is at Amelie Arena and it's game 81 of the regular season so if the teams are going to be meeting in the playoffs potentially in the first round for the second year in a row and I'm I'm really putting the cart before the horse here you know it'd be interesting that they potentially would be playing their second to last regular season game against one another but we'll see where the Leafs game is at when we hit April yeah yeah you know, if they if they can maintain this
1: well and it's a hard style to play i mean harder let's put it that way harder yeah, I, than just throwing the puck out there and hoping you know you score for right
0: Right, but they're, they've they been doing it now for, what, a month and a half. Sure. So that's really impressive. For the Lightning, though, they move on. And now, you know, you, you see your winning streak come to an end. Five straight games, the Lightning had won. Now they have an L. Yeah. And we had talked about this is going to be a tough back-to-back. I will say the one positive that came out of last night in terms of the whole kit and caboodle from the start of the game to the end of the game to the departure, to de-icing, to, to getting to Detroit, to clearing customs, to busing to the hotel. We were scheduled to arrive at our hotel in Detroit at one thirty in the morning. And you remember, Greg, I said, that is optimistic. I didn't think it would be one thirty. I thought it would be later. We actually got here close to 1 o'clock. Maybe that's not. If that's the best thing that came out of last night, that tells you how badly <laughs> last night went. But I, like I, it. I think that that is a positive as it relates to tonight's game. Like, the Lightning didn't get in at 2 o'clock in the morning, 2.30 in the morning. It was, it was more like a regular back-to-back. So it's still a challenge. The Wings haven't played since Monday. So they didn't play last night. They've been home. They also have not won a game, we mentioned this yesterday, since they beat the Lightning. So the Lightning hadn't lost a game yeah. since they dropped that game to Detroit the second game of the six-game homestand. The Wings have gone 0-4-2 since then. Two of those losses have been at home, and those games were fairly, when I say fairly close, they lost to Carolina 1-0. The shots were even. They lost to Ottawa 6-3. I think there was at least one empty netter in there, so it was closer than a three-goal margin, but they actually outshot the Senators. There are four losses on the road They have been thoroughly dominated in terms of the shots, and that includes their most recent game against Washington, a game they lost in overtime Monday night in D.C. I think the shots were 42-19. to I mean, they are just getting overwhelmed in some of these games, and you recall, Greg, the Lightning put 30 shots on net in the third period of that last meeting between the teams. So the Wings, in a way, are kind of coming into this game – as Toronto did last night. They're like, we need to stop the bleeding. Now, Toronto's bleeding was two losses in regulation, and the Lightning had crept to within three points of them in the standings. The Wings are in a different spot. The Wings were in playoff position, and now that has become way more wobbly. In fact, they're out of the, the wild card position. They're below, I think the Rangers and Islanders right now are in the wild card spots. The Wings are below them. They need to stop the bleeding big time. So they're going to be really on their toes tonight to try and turn things around before the Christmas break. They have one more game, I think, at Ottawa right. on Friday. So Lightning are going to need to be ready. But the fact that they didn't get in at like 2, 2.30 or later is probably the best thing that could have come out of the travel last night. So good on Ryan Bellick to kind of set it up in a way that we were able to basically blow through customs as quickly as possible and, and and get to the hotel for a back-to-back at a fairly reasonable hour.
1: What's interesting is, you know, we're, we're starting to get some questions, and let's maybe get to a couple of those because I think it ties into what we saw last night. This one came from Doug. He said, what do you think of John Cooper mixing up the lines again, guys, and do you think it's something we'll see tonight?
0: Well, I don't know if we're going to see it tonight. But that is what John Cooper does when his offense is stagnant. And it was definitely stagnant last night. He got better results in the third period. And all four of the lines were changed. He changed the lines in the second period. And then of the changes he made in the second period, he kept one change constant from the second to the third. And that was Point, Sorelli, and Hagel. And we've seen them as a line before. But everything else got put into the blender twice. And goes, Kutrop, and Dementstikov, who have played together earlier this year, near the start of the year, they were the line that teamed up for the one goal off a face-off. So I don't know. Maybe you just throw that whole game in the garbage and you you say, if if the Lightning are going to look at it the way we have kind of looked at it, which is to say that Toronto delivered an A-plus defensive performance and... That might have been the best defensive performance we've seen so far this year through, what, 31 games. We're probably not going to be seeing a defensive performance quite as good tonight. So maybe we go back to the, the way we've had the lines when we've won five in a row and we're coming off a, a pretty good game in Montreal on the start of the trip. Or do you say our best period last night was our third period these are the lines we had in that third period. Let's start the game with, with these combinations.
1: You know, I'm more inclined, not that you're asking me the question, but I think it's a it's one that a lot of people are going to ponder if you're a Lightning fan. I'm just more inclined to go back to what's worked and just say last night was something we tried to create some momentum by changing things up, and that's what we did. Now, if you start to see a trend again tonight, I, I could see John Cooper not only for this game, but maybe the next one go back to changing things up. But part of me is like, look at all the progress you've made with the line combinations, particularly since Sorelli came back. But, you know, the first first two lines especially, do you really want to tinker with that? John Cooper knows his team better than we do. If he wants to, that's what he'll do. That's fine. I look at it and say, you're not always going to be great every game. Some games are better than others. I'm stating the obvious, but sometimes the obvious needs to be said. And last night was a situation where... The other team had one of their better games, and there's not much the Lightning could do to overcome it. Does that mean in a seven-game series, Toronto's going to play that way and beat Tampa Bay? I don't know. It's going to be or really maybe hard. maybe the
0: Lightning raise their level, too. Well, you would maybe expect that. You Toronto's would expect right level now. is where we saw it last night, but again, if the yeah. Lightning raised their level, maybe we would have seen a different outcome. Wholeheartedly or the game would have looked a little differently.
1: Anyway. Wholeheartedly agree. It's a, it's a valid point. Trevor says so. Through the better part of two periods, the Lightning can't seem to knock off the dreaded habit of too much cute and not enough
0: shoot. Well, I, I, even if they didn't have cute, look, I'm I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> some some shot opportunities they passed out of. I thought particularly early in the game because early in the game, like the first. Seven, eight, nine minutes were fairly even. And the Lightning had some, some momentum building off the rush that they didn't get anything out of, even a shot on net. I thought Point was skating very well at the beginning of the game last night in particular. So, look, the fan is not wrong when when he writes that, but the way the Leafs were defending, it was very hard to get shots to the net. Every puck sure. was contested. Yeah. And that's why we we keep going back to that was that was an A plus. Well, we don't keep going. I just said it, but we've been saying basically the same thing. The Leafs delivered a magnificent defensive performance last night.
1: They did, they did. And with all of that being said, I'm curious how people would feel about this. The Lightning, for a good portion of that game, were either only down by two or by one. And some of that
0: was Vassy. Like Vassie I think a lot of it was saves. Vassie. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, th- I thought it was. I thought it. Would, a lot of it was flashy but that yeah. you know that that could just be my my view on on where things are with the lightning in that game but i, I thought flashy was outstanding i mean i gave his team an opportunity to win that game pick up points yeah. munch points as john cooper likes to say but you know i i, I don't want to overdo it a little bit here with toronto because probably a lot like the lightning the expectations are what are you going to do in the playoffs right but i think it's newer for the lease in terms of maybe how they're winning games than it is for Tampa Bay. Lightning have done that. Lightning know that you need to defend. They know you can't rely on Vassie and scoring to win the whole thing. For Toronto, I think partner, it's something they've talked about, but now they're executing it. And I think it's still relatively new to a lot of people who probably cover Toronto. And what I'm saying there is that's not a bad thing.
0: just doesn't guarantee anything. And you think about it, Greg, like in the series last year, the Lightning, the Lightning scored a lot of goals in Game Two. I remember that was a, a fairly comfortable win for Tampa Bay, and they had a good offensive outing in Game Four, which they wanted Amelie Arena. But you know, Game Six was was a fairly tight game. The I mean, Lightning got the game tied on a five-on-three, which right you know those are those are hard to defend and game 7 was very tight defensively right i mean the lightning the lightning defended extremely well in game 7 but it's not like they dominated scoring chances nick paul made two plays two extremely important plays to yeah. score goals but you know the leafs showed last year in that series that at times they could defend really well they defended very well in games One and three for sure, which they held the Lightning down offensively. Game one was a shutout. Sure. Game three was kind of a suffocating road win for Toronto. They just didn't do it the whole series, nor did they do it as well during the regular season. I think we pointed out they were like a middle-of-the-pack defensive team last year. Right. This year they entered last night's game second. Yeah, And their numbers improved because they allowed just one goal.
1: Hit us up on Twitter if you want, at Bolts Radio. It looks like Mikhail Sergachev fine partner for a little slash.
0: Yeah, I didn't see that. And when you guys told me about that, I'm like, what? And then I remembered there was that scuffle at the end of the first period. Bunting and Belmar got minor penalties. Yeah. But Sergeyev had been involved in a slash, which was not penalized. Sure. But the league saw it. And gave him a fine. What are you gonna do? I didn't think that
1: game. I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong. Either, I I mean, the game maybe here and there had some chippiness, but did it? (laughs) Did it boil over? No. Last night, I don't. I don't think it it had that intensity. Maybe that we also were anticipating. At least I did. I I mean, I really did. I I felt like this game was gonna be one where you know whether the, the Lightning won or lost we we were going to have that conversation but that the the emotion was going to be pretty high you would see some elevated chippiness and and some guys that were you know, ready to go over the line a little bit
0: and yeah maybe that yeah, to it toronto's credit that. it did yeah maybe to it, their credit it didn't have that that was you like know? a um, it had almost more of a chess feel at least at the start of the game, where both teams were very wary of one another. Yeah. And I actually thought the Lightning did okay defensively up until Matthews got his breakaway. Right. Which was, I think, just shy of the halfway point of the first period or maybe past the halfway point of the first period. Right. And at that point, the Leafs kind of got a burst of momentum, and they they generated a lot of shots and scoring chances through the end of the first. It didn't have that feel, though. I thought the game at Amelie had more of a playoff feel than the one last night.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. That's a fair way to uh, to look at it. At Bolts Radio, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you certainly can do just that. This one comes from Jim. He said, guys, I'm curious, after watching the Leafs, do we have to rethink who the best team in the Atlantic Division is?
0: Well, look, let's not go overboard on one game. I think that they're playing extremely well, and they're showing... A commitment to defending but I mean the Bruins have not slowed down all year right and what are we basing when we say the best team did he say the best team in the East or the Atlantic in the Atlantic in the Atlantic I mean these questions are not going to really get answered until the playoffs there's well, Chris Johnson did an article I saw today he called the Atlantic division like the division of death or something like that it was quite kind of that's kind of dark. dark yeah very dark Jeez. but basically the point is that you have three of the top teams not just right. this year but going back several years i think you had like since seventeen, eighteen. like three of the top five teams in terms of points percentage yeah in the entire nhl are boston toronto and tampa bay and they're all in the same division That's been part of Toronto's problem, not the entire problem. I mean, there was a year that they lost to Montreal, arguably, even though the Canadians got to the Stanley Cup final, arguably one of the weakest teams entering the playoffs. Had we had a regular season that year, the Canadians would not have made the playoffs, and Toronto lost to the Canadians. But then again, so did Winnipeg and Vegas as well. Yep. So the Canadians got hot in the playoffs. And then the year before, I mean, Columbus was not a top team the year in the bubble and Toronto lost to Columbus. But there have been other years, last year certainly, they faced the Lightning and then two years in a row they had to play the Bruins. Yep. In the first round I'm talking about. So the Leafs have been have taken on the chin in the first round, If you want to say the misfortune of playing in a division with a lot of top teams
1: what's interesting about Chris's point yeah and what's interesting about what our listener pointed out when it came to the three teams in the atlantic the funny thing is the lightning have less to prove in the playoffs than i think those two teams mentioned toronto and boston you know toronto's got the most boston hasn't won for a long time we talked about this the other day now they we know what they can do and what they're capable of. But I think it's a fair question to ask when you go Mm -hmm. a couple of years of not advancing beyond the first round or not even making the playoffs. I'm not sure your past reputation from eight or nine years ago of winning the cup supersedes any of that. And I think for the lightning, really they're a team who they're answering some questions as we speak. They had some turnover, but I think you have an idea that when the chips are down, the lightning are going to play their best In the playoffs, at least that's what we've seen over the last three years. I don't anticipate that to change. It could. Maybe it does. Maybe they run into one of those teams in the first round that we just mentioned, and they get knocked out. I don't know. But from where I sit, Dave, uh, the Lightning, they don't have a question mark in that. Those other two teams still do. And they've got more to prove once the games really are meaningful. Doesn't mean they can't beat the Lightning. But if you want to crown somebody regular season champion 30 games in, go ahead. I don't care. Dave and I have had this conversation before. Boston, you can make the argument, is the best team in the league. Certainly in the Eastern Conference with how well they've played. But what does it mean? Get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. But What's interesting about Boston and Toronto, I will say this to their credits. I think... Areas of weakness over the last few years might have might have been addressed. Depth scoring for Boston. Yeah. Defense for Toronto. Those are two major question marks, I think. Both those teams were trying, Dave, to chase after the last couple of years. Maybe Boston finally has the depth scoring, and maybe Toronto finally has some team defense. That's a fair point, I think.
0: Yeah, and like the the fan asked, what is the best team in the Atlantic? I mean, I think that there are a lot of top teams and any one of them could go on to win the Stanley Cup. I think that's fair. You basically, in the NHL, you want to be in the conversation. And, And occasionally we see a team like Montreal that has had a very subpar, we'll call it subpar regular season, that can get hot in the playoffs and make a deep run. But usually we have a handful of teams that are in the conversation, and one of those teams is going to go on to win the Stanley Cup, but it's hard to predict right. which team, because yep. they're all capable. It's a fair point. The best team is the team that wins the Stanley Cup. <laughs> That's a that very simplistic true. way of looking at it. Dave, but that is we true. can't really answer the question until... <laughs> The team that wins the Stanley Cup raises the Stanley Cup, and then we say, yeah, that was the best team. Last year, Colorado was the best team based on what they did in the regular season and how they marched through the playoffs. That is true. There's no doubt about it. Hit us up on Twitter, please, at Bolts
1: Radio. This one comes from Matt. He says, Bolts was hit or miss last night, but like you said, it was Toronto's game to win. But what I don't get is why pull Vassy twice? Yeah, I know if we can score and get momentum, then anything can happen, but did it work the first time? Did it just not matter?
0: So he's talking about well, the strategy. Yeah, the last the game against Detroit, remember the Lightning scored two sixth attacker goals. They also gave up two empty net goals. Right. But when they scored their sixth attacker goals, they were down two and made it a one-goal game. So John Cooper is pretty aggressive with the goalie pull. Yeah, and when they gave up the first empty netter, our two-one game became three-to-one. There were still almost two minutes left, so in his mind, he's still coaching to win the game. He's not thinking, "Oh, my player's stats are going to take a hit <laughs> with another minus." I don't if know if give I up have another empty netter. I don't. The Lightning I have scored a... six attacker goals. Like if you don't believe yeah. that you're going to score a sixth attacker goal, then never pull the goalie. I don't. Know I don't if think I you a... can pull the goalie fearful of giving up an empty netter. When it was 4-1 with 30 seconds left or whatever, okay, fine. He's not going to pull the goalie anymore. But
1: I don't know if I have a strong opinion on pulling the goaltender. I know a lot of people are passionate about when to do it. How do you feel about
0: it? Well, there, there have been analytic studies, and I think this is, this is pretty much across the board, that the analytics show that the earlier you pull the goalie, the better. Now, it takes courage to pull the goalie early, because if you give up an empty netter, maybe the rest of the game is over, right? right? right. And and the last several minutes are, are meaningless. And maybe you score without pulling the goalie, you didn't need to pull the goalie that early. But I think Patrick Waugh was, I think, one of the first coaches when he was coaching the Avalanche to really be aggressive with the goalie pull. And as a goalie, I guess, If anyone is going to say, I'm pulling the goalie early and have some cred doing it, it would be a Hall of Fame goaltender himself. Right, right. But he was the first to really do it. And then I think as, as teams had their own analytic departments, analytics departments, I guess is how you would say it, and the numbers showed that you are more likely to get back in a game with an earlier pull, particularly if you're down multiple goals then we started seeing more teams doing it. Not every team does it, and it's the coach's coach's call. The coach has to have a feel for what's happening. Like if if you've got some momentum, then maybe you don't pull the goalie as soon because you feel like you may be getting close to getting a goal five on five, and you don't want to take the risk of pulling the goalie. If you have nothing going, then maybe you pull the goalie to give yourself an extra skater, and if you score, then you can get momentum. Some of that goes into it too. But generally speaking, we're seeing earlier polls. I would say in the last decade, if I'm going back that far, than we did prior to that. Doesn't always work. I mean, clearly, I think you're more likely to give up an empty net goal than to score a sixth attacker goal. But if you're down in the game, does it matter if you lose by one, two, or three? Right. I don't think coaches care about that.
1: No, <clears throat> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I- I've. I, I think. Is it easier to score empty netters now with the skill level as high as it is? Guys can basically shoot from anywhere. I mean, we have seen some guys go cross ice, go the full length and score at times. Few and far between. Adam Ernie had an empty netter, didn't he? Yeah, the and Red that Wings? was like from it was 100 the game winner. <laughs> 175
0: feet. That ended yeah, up being I mean, he, the game winner. He shot that a pretty far distance, and it went in the net.
1: I'm not saying you don't do it. I, I, I think, let's put it this way. I never come away thinking, why did the coach pull the goaltender? Whether it was
0: too early or too late. Yeah. I, just, I think the fan was asking, why did he pull Vassy a second time? And yeah. had a 3-1 game become 4-1 with the first empty netter, I don't think he would have pulled him. Sure, But a 2-1 game becomes 3-1 with just under two minutes left, he's yeah. probably thinking, there's enough time here to get one back. Yep. And give herself a puncher's chance.
1: I think that's fair. At Bolts Radio if you want to get involved in the conversation.
0: I mean I, I think it's
1: it's a topic that a lot of people like to debate and I don't I don't know very rarely is that the reason you win or lose the game. I mean, especially if you lose the game. Did you pull the goaltender too too early, yeah. too late, or for a second time, which is, you know, what the the listener was was getting at. So I, I, I don't know. Um you can tell you right now, John Cooper won't be shy to do it again,
0: Dave. If put No, in the Lightning had, I'm trying to remember, have they won a game this year where they pulled the goalie and scored? I can't remember that they actually have, even though they've had some rallies in the third period for victories. But last year, for sure, Corey Perry had his fingerprints all over a bunch of sixth attacker goals, including two against Montreal, Yeah, that the Lightning ended up winning the game. One in Montreal, they won in regulation. They scored a sixth attacker goal to tie it, and then Palat scored in the very next shift. That was in Montreal last year. And then at home, Perry scored again a sixth attacker goal, and Palat scored again in overtime. That was that game right after Christmas. They had some other games where they scored six attacker goals, and Perry, I think, had three or four of them last year. So they've had success with it. It's not quite the same as a power play, but it's a different unit. Right, And there are more players on the ice. Six on five, you can make the argument, is harder than five on four because there's more traffic on the ice. But the Lightning have a good power play. You give them an extra skater if they have the puck. That's the, that's the big part of it. If you lose the puck, then you're in trouble because you're susceptible to giving up an empty net goal. But if you have the puck, yeah. the other team can't score an empty net goal, and you have an opportunity with the extra player to... To maybe generate a scoring chance. When you say Palat, I say Palat. <laughs> He's still out too. <laughs> you see, New Jersey has come back to earth a little bit. They lost four in a row. They're out of first place now. Carolina passed them.
1: I mean, not a shock. I mean, we the work they eventually... did at the
0: start of the year, though, they are in a very, very good position. It'll
1: it'll allow them to get to the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I they have a lot of wriggle room now. Based that's on the benefit.
1: Start. That is the benefit of getting out there and playing really well from the start. You know, People yeah. always ask, like, what does what getting off to a good start or a poor start mean? And I, I think in, in some respects, it was such a small sample size, but I think a lot of people overreacted with a lightning slow start after four games. But the point is, when you have a situation where there are so many teams who... Are even, if you're able to, for two or three weeks at any stretch, to just munch a ton of points, especially early on, it just allows you not to be perfect late in the season or midway through the season when you know there's going to be a little bit of a dip in your play. I mean, partner, is it fair to say every team goes through something like that? The Lightning have been fortunate over the last three to four years. I mean, what's their longest losing streak been? Five or six games. Well, you're putting me on the spot maybe. now. Yeah, maybe. if that. I mean, are we including
0: regulation or only regulation losses, like maybe they've had some, some skids of winless skids. Yeah, where you know they've gotten some points along the way. Look, if you don't go through any dip at all, then you're in position to win 62 in the regular season, like the Lightning did in 1819. Yeah, most teams go through some kind of a dip because it's hard to keep your On the pedal, pressed to the floor for 82 consecutive games. Right. You're going to exhale at some point. The schedule is going to kind of catch up with you a little bit. Case in point, we talked about this road trip. This is not an easy road trip heading into Christmas. No. It's not like the Lightning are playing eight out of nine on the road. They're coming home after Christmas, and they have the next three at home after they finish this road trip. But this is a challenging road trip. It is. Given the opposition and given the travel. So how you navigate through those sequences in a regular season, that plays a factor in whether or not you make the playoffs. You need to do well enough. But it's hard to excel through all of these different tough stretches where you're barely losing at all any points. You're not basically dropping any points. That's hard to do. It is. Hit us up on Twitter there at Bolts Radio. If
1: you want to get involved in the conversation, you can. I think some of these teams that are not used to being up up top, you know, we talk about what is the step for teams who are in the basement for the last few years to get back to being a competitive team. I think first and foremost you've got to hit on those draft picks and you've got to develop them. You've got to yeah. start to see those guys perform at the NHL level. And I think for some of these teams who have been at the bottom of the standings for the last couple years, I think you can check that box off, partner. Whether it's New Jersey, whether it's Buffalo, pick another team that maybe has struggled, that is trying to get back on track. Those two come to mind. Detroit. Detroit. Throw Detroit right in there. So that's three. I think the second part of that equation now is navigating your way through an 82-game season and maybe how you handle some adversity, especially when you start to lose a few games. So I think for New Jersey, this might be the first big test. You can make the argument that Detroit and Buffalo have experienced that already or are experiencing that. That's kind of like the second part to the equation in the developmental process for some of these bottom-dwelling teams. And then, of course, that third part will be get into the playoffs and how do you respond.
0: Right. And you so, learn along the way. You do. Sometimes you do. I, some hard lessons. Listen,
1: I, I, I tell the story, not that it's earth-shattering at all, but I, I think teams like Washington, even Tampa Bay to a lesser extent. But I remember the Pittsburgh Penguins early on in Sidney Crosby's career. I remember the first year they got to the playoffs after missing it for a few years. It was Crosby, Malkin, they had Stahl. And it was that core group who made the playoffs for the first time, partner. They ran into the Ottawa Senators and got pounded in five games. Mm -hmm. That was when Ottawa had Spezza. Alfredson was playing really. That's when Ottawa. (laughs) Well, that that's when Ottawa was a really good team. You take a look at some of those Senator teams when Alfredson was the captain. Really good. I think they might have had Heatley as well. Yeah. But it. I mean, they just, it was part of the process for the Penguins. And then a couple years later, of course, they were able to get to a Stanley Cup and then win one against the Red Wings. But bottom line is... It was is, the next
0: year. Like, your point is a good one, that they needed to go through some growing pains, but Pittsburgh did very well in the early years of Crosby, Balkan, etc. They had, so 5 06 was Crosby's rookie year. They missed the playoffs. 6 07, they made the playoffs and lost to Ottawa. Yes. It was the next year they got to the final. They yep. lost to Detroit, so they did lose, but they made huge strides. Think about right. well, Washington. Like Washington, Washington under Ovechkin. This is amazing to think about. Ovechkin has his cup. We remember it well. They beat the Lightning in the conference final, 2018. In no other year has he gotten past the second round. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's incredible. What do you make of that? What do you make of that stat? Because you know, partner, everybody's gonna sit around who likes who likes to debate sports and topics, and they'll sit there and say, "Well, to me, that seems like the extreme example. Is that basically in every year you've been in the playoffs, you didn't do anything?
0: Well, they won, the, round, well least, they won one round. Well, they won one round. They they couldn't get to the final four.
1: But what do you make of that? Is it one of those? Because like, because you sit there and say, "Well, Ovechkin knows how to win the big games." <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, you did it once, technically, yes. But what do you do all those other years where you
0: underachieved a little bit? I guess maybe well, it's I perception. think part of their problem was they kept running into the banquets. Right? Well, that was their biggest problem. Yeah, that was their so biggest problem. it's kind of like we're talking about with Toronto and Boston and Lightning. Like, if you have another powerhouse that you were, the way the playoffs are set up, you're going to be seeing that team early. Right. You have to figure out a way to get by that team. And eventually they did, and they won the Stanley Cup in 2018. But prior to that, I'll say prior to that, they had some problems yeah. with Pittsburgh. In a number of those years, where they had tremendous regular seasons, what was it, three, three of the years they lost to the Penguins? Well, that, and that in those three run. years, the Penguins went on to win the Stanley Cup themselves. Well, you remember, the one was a Game 7. The and they've that, had a lot of Game 7s, too. They have. They have Not ends. just against the Penguins. Like They lost to the Flyers one year, yeah. which was the first year they made the playoffs. But they had home ice lost at home to the Flyers game 7, lost at home to Pittsburgh game 7, lost at home to Montreal that year the Montreal upset them and Pittsburgh in the first two rounds 2010. They lost game 7 at home to Montreal. So, those are some major major disappointments, which is why when they finally won the Stanley Cup it was it was so do we want to say it was a relief? I don't know that it was a relief, but it was it was like a long time coming. They finally got over the hump. But since they won the Stanley Cup, they have not <laughs> won a playoff series.
1: Well, they're an older team. At least their core is. They and lost game seven at was... home. To,
0: they lost game seven at home to Carolina the yeah. year after they won the cup. Yeah. I, Sorry. I didn't mean, to interrupt, no, but. you're
1: fine. It's it's a valid point. I mean, I, I think for the caps, it, we, we go back to this question of these teams who have been so good for so long at some point. Is, is the ceiling just getting into the playoffs and that's it?
0: Yeah. Well, now you the know? Caps have, have a problem with their is their getting older. Correct. But when they were not old, <laughs> when they were kind of right in their wheelhouse, they didn't go deep in the playoffs except for the one year. No, you asked me, what do I make of that? I think it's a combination of tough opponents and a lot of coin toss series slash a lot of coin toss series they lost. It's a fair point. I never believed that the Caps were cursed. Like no. they just couldn't win a big game. They just couldn't beat Pittsburgh. They couldn't beat Pittsburgh, and they lost some, right. Some, like, if you get to a game seven, as we've said with Toronto, if you get to a game seven, that means you have won three games in the series. So it's not like you've been, like, steamrolled. It's just that in the biggest game, you lost. One of those was in overtime. The Flyers beat them in overtime. Joffrey Lupel scored in overtime.
1: Joffrey Lupel. Yeah, remember Uh, him?
0: I do remember him. Remember Kobe Kobe was on that team. Pretty sure, yeah. He was traded to the Flyers. He was on that team. Yeah. 2008. Flyers ran into the Penguins. They did. In that second playoff year for Crosby, Malkin. And company. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're going down memory lane here. That's okay. I think, I think the Washington example shows that you can be in the conversation and you can have a legitimate chance to go deep, but there is no guarantee that you are going to go deep. I think that's... that's you can lose that's, very easily in the first or second round, which makes what the Lightning have done, even going back before their sweep to Columbus, Stanley Cup Final 2015... Conference Final 2016. Conference Final 2018. Like, this is remarkable. Their level of consistent success, and I'll use the word consistent, consistent success in the playoffs. If we measure success not winning the Stanley Cup, which is extremely difficult to do, but even by that standard, they've done very well. (laughs) But if we measure success by kind of the Washington standard, which is, are you getting deep? Are you getting into that rarefied air of Final Four, Final Two? What is it? Six conference final appearances in the last eight years for the Lightning? That is incredible. Given what we just talked about with the Capitals, over the course of Alex Ovechkin's Hall of Fame career, one of the greatest careers in the history of the game, he's made it out of the second round once
1: unbelievable (laughs) really is you know we can probably throw the panthers in that category now of teams that just
0: what have you done a little bit in
1: the in the regular well they're pretty early
0: in their trajectory
1: they are but you know what though you have to you have to bump up everything in today's world because of the cap you know and i think the fact that they made such a huge trade in the offseason speaks to they want to get this thing going as quickly as possible 'Cause next year's not guaranteed. Two years from now is not guaranteed.
0: Right. Just because of how the the cap is and the parity in the league. They need to get going though. Huh. I mean, there's a there is a log jam, like it got Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay. Yep. Then there is a drop off in the Atlantic, and as I said, a big enough drop off that the next team, the fourth place team, is out of the playoffs right now. Right. If the playoffs were to start today, the Metro would have Five teams getting into the playoffs. So look, a lot's going to happen between now and the end of the regular season. But those five other Atlantic teams are on the wrong side of the playoff cut line, and they are all bunched together. So what we expected was the the bottom teams, the Buffaloes, the Ottawas, the Montreals. They were going to take, and Detroit last year was a non playoff team. They're going to take more points from some other teams. And to this point. They've taken it – they've taken those points from teams outside the Atlantic and Florida, if you want to look at it that way. Because the Bruins, Maple Leafs, and Lightning have done very well. Like, they put themselves in a, in a good spot. they got to keep doing well. But right. that's what we've got right now with these five teams below the Lightning. Lightning want to keep those five teams below them, certainly, which is another reason why this road trip yeah. is important. Hit us up on Twitter if you want at
1: Bolts Radio. That is where we are. We will be back at it again tomorrow as we crawl a little closer, partner, to Christmas.
0: It's yeah, there, it's getting. We'll there. be hop, skipping, and jumping. We had three days in Toronto, and now it'll be Detroit for less than twenty-four hours, and we'll be in Buffalo tomorrow. Yep.
1: Tage H- Thompson, get ready to
0: see the Sabers on Friday. Yeah, and the Sabers are playing well. They are. Like you talked about how do you overcome a dip. The fact that Detroit has gone six games without a win, like those are the sorts of streaks that just kill you. That's long. Because yeah. you know what you and need Buffalo, to do. Buffalo Buffalo had a rough patch right around the time, like usual, they play the lightning kind of early <laughs> in the season. They start <laughs> right. well, they lose to the lightning yeah. and then they have a dip. That yeah. happened again, but they've pulled it together since then. Right. I'm talking about the first game at Amelie. They had started playing better by the time the teams met. When was it in late right after Thanksgiving in late right. November in Buffalo and now they're playing extremely well death taxes and the Buffalo Sabres imploding after they take on the lightning. Yeah, this year season. might be
1: different. Could be this year might be different. We'll talk about it a little bit tomorrow. Hopefully we'll uh, have a positive
0: game to talk about
1: in terms of a win for the lightning tomorrow. noon. Yeah. Morning.
0: So what I know and I've been kind of checking the, the Detroit feeds. I. I. Don't have much, except that I do know that Billy Huso is starting. He had a terrific game the last time out against the Lightning. He was also in net for one of these losses that, you know, they lost one nothing to Carolina. So that's certainly not on Huso. But he's had some games where he's given up more than, than one or two as well during the skid. And Jacob Vrana has been out much of the year. He is on the road to recovery, but he's not going to play tonight. So that's what I know of their. Was team his right with like now. the substance abuse? I think so. I think he, he also might of... have had an. Well, he's had injury problems. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was both, but it was definitely yeah. yeah he had he had the um, player assistance program that's or, right. or whatever it's called that's for right. for people who are having some issues. Yeah. So hopefully he's yeah hopefully if he's, he's skating right. and he's he's close to returning that that would be good news. It's I a good would player. Say. So yeah, very good player. So we wish him the best. And, yeah. And hopefully whatever issues he's had are he's been able to deal with and, and they're behind him
1: we'll have all the coverage starting at six tonight with the pregame skate show i will have the network pregame at 6 30 then mish will have the game call at seven and then afterwards we'll have the last call presented by jack daniels and then tomorrow noon to one we'll recap it and uh, take your questions partner i'll talk to you in a few hours Appreciate it. Yeah, talk you. to you in a few great job thanks to steve versnick thanks to all of you for listening and dealing with us we appreciate that You've been listening to Power Lunch on Lightning Radio.